Welcome to the Tech Hustler podcast. This podcast is for you if you want to hear the unfiltered stories from inspiring tech entrepreneurs. I started this podcast and the community to create what I was missing in the tech industry today. My mission is to make space for women in tech by creating a platform where they can connect, get inspired and gain new knowledge that will help them to accomplish whatever they are dreaming of. It doesn't matter if you're a tech founder, an employee, or dreaming of launching a startup, this podcast is for you. My name is Ivana von Proschwitz, and I'll be your host. It's time to start hustling smarter, not harder. Today's guest is Johanna Hof, She is a co-founder and chief product officer at Logcast, that is the next generation social media powered by blockchain and sound. Welcome to the podcast, Johanna. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. I'm so excited for you to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So um, you are building a Logcast uh, that is kind of shorter format podcasting or audio uh, support. So tell us more about that. So Logcast evolved from me loving the podcasting mm. setup. I was in love with the communication tool of audio, uh, but I just thought that it was, um, I don't think everyone has this professional setup like you have, mm. uh, but so many people would be interesting to share uh, with spoken audio and not just pictures. Yeah. So I thought there, there needs to be an easier and better way to ev- for everyone to have a podcast in their pocket. You know, everyone can create a Snapchat, everyone can have Instagram stories. But when I started off with this, audio was not that democratized. It was music, well-produced audiobooks, podcasts, but not this short form, spontaneous way that Logcast is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it started off as this social podcasting app. You can record with just one tap on the way, log your world, cast it. Um, it's been, come a long way since that. And now I would pitch it in another way, but mm. uh, that's uh, the OG story of Logcast. Yeah. And I mean, yes, I'm very unfortunate and I have this studio or availability, but like even if you want to uh, create your podcast, the thresholds is pretty high. You have to create uh, your jingle, you have to have kind some kind of um, uh, editing, audio editing skills or have someone else do it for you. So I definitely understand why there is a need for the ease of it, because um, I think that it's human nature that we want to hear voices. I mean, and you, yeah, it's so much emotions as well in our voice and what we, not only what we say, but like how we say it as well. Yes. And, you know, we always say a a picture can say a thousand words. Mm. Yes. But with audio, you can hear the full story behind it. So... With social media, we have been educated in a culture where we get told what to see. Mm. We've become this passive listener, a passive um, 
viewers, yeah. uh, receivers. Mm. Yeah, but with audio, you you will hear that we are storytelling animals. Mm. That's mm. how we our brain works. Mm. Uh, so I think it's a power to hear tonality, story, mm. and use our words because that makes us need to think and um, share like that, not just well-produced picture yeah. of something. Yeah, definitely. I think that's amazing too, but I, I really thought entertainment and social media mm. were missing this spoken audio format. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I, mean, I think like think about a movie. If you uh, press mute, mm. the movie is not either scary or fun mm. without the audio. So audio is very important for, for the emotional state. And I definitely agree with you. Like through audio, you hear per- people's personalities, like how they pronounce things or what they emphasize. And there is a lot to read in it. Yeah. And, and to just add to that, <laughs> because um, vision is so good and interesting mm. but that tells you everything kind of mm. if you need to close your eyes and someone speaks to you it's like you need to come up with your own fantasy yeah and yeah. i think that's pretty healthy for us yes to picture things ourselves like mm. broaden our imagination mm. definitely yeah that's a good 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 uh, point so what um Like, what made you go out on this journey? I mean, there is a lot of people that have ideas and, and um, uh, that they would like to do. But what made you, like, act and, like, really create your own, own business and, like, really, really believing yourself that this was a good a thing? It was very organic. It was... Um, Logcast is not my first venture mm. um, so when I had with Hof which was the broadcasting agency mm. and we started with these short form audio clips to try it out um, I kind of almost from the first month realized that it's more fun and interesting to create short form audio clips because then you can go out and record during the day not just in one hour in a studio um, and I'm that kind of person that don't hold on to an idea until it's done. Like I just speak to everyone about it, try it out, love to bring people along on the journey. So I, I did that. I shared it a lot with people I was inspired by or wanted to work with. And then we just kind of merged in a team. And um, it was like impossible not to do it. Yeah, but I think that's important what you say, that it didn't happen overnight. Like Because I think sometimes when we see media, we think that like, successful entrepreneurs and products were built overnight. And like they just had the idea and then made a product and it was a success. But that's not the reality. Like the reality is you have an idea, you test it, in, in, you talk with people around you and get feedback, like early customer feedback or user feedback. And then you develop something or change something. And then you try it in a bigger scale. And then you kind of grow your confidence that this is a good product or that there is a demand or there is a user base for, for this Um, feature or product that you are building. Yes. And I also so much believe in that um, you need to lose sight of the shore mm. until you have the courage to see a new 
sure. Yeah. So what I mean by that is if you're afraid to jump and like standing on one foot in one place, I mean, that's good to do if you're able to mm-hmm. do that. But um, I also think it's important to at one point just decide to jump mm-hmm. and um, go full in. Yeah. So even though it was kind of organically by talking to people, I also clearly remember the day when I now sat with my now co-founder mm-hmm. and we were seeing and talking about the vision of what Logcast could be when Logcast was not a software, it was just a concept. Mm. And we kind of like shook hands and wrote on a napkin like, let's do this. And we even said the Yoda quote, maybe it's not, I think, either we do this or we don't, there is no try. Mm. So we were also like leaning, leaning in. We didn't say like, let's test this and like, then we could have failed 1,000 times, which we have. Mm. But either we do it or we don't. Yeah. So we're still here and now Logcast is a company I'm very proud of. Yeah. So I think at one point you just need to decide and believe in yourself and just jump mm. and decide not to stop. Mm. Because failure is just a failure if you stop, right? Mm. Yes, yes. That is so important. And I think that that's the differentiator between good entrepreneurs and, and bad or not. I don't want to say bad, but successful entrepreneurs and not successful. It, it, it is the grit that you don't give up. You try again and again and again and again. Um, so that is the success factor. It's not because maybe you are more smart or, or more skilled or a superhuman in any way, but you don't give up and you try until it works. Or you pivot or try another way. Yeah. Yeah, cool. You t- you uh, mentioned that uh, you have to believe in yourself. So how do you do that? Like, do you have any rituals or do you have any, like, uh, mindset? Just like, how, how do you believe in yourself? Very good question. I think you need to be self-conscious. And connected with yourself and um, just know your strengths and be open about your weaknesses and humble about that. Because um, I have, for as long as I can remember, been a reflector, like very, I reflect so much about things that happens, how I think about it, what I like, what I don't like. Mm. And I kind of see that that's a perfect search algorithm for where I'm supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And if you do that a lot of times, you you just develop this self-confidence of... You have done it so many times. If it's... Uh, now you look back and you can see that, oh, that was such a tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. But at that point, there was the biggest challenge ever. Yeah. And you yeah. did it. And then the other side of that fear... Mm-hmm. Um, come on a beautiful outcome and if you do that so many times and then you just know exactly how you react you know your core and you know your values and then it doesn't really matter I would say what happens it's like you're equipped with a certain layer mm-hmm. that doesn't matter really what happens as long as I don't really believe that things are happening 
towards you. Like mm. it's everything you control, everything from inside. Mm. Mm. So that's why I'm like believing myself because I know my mindset and that's everything we kind of need. Yeah. What do you think? No, I totally agree. And I think that's very powerful because I was working in the corporate world before I started my entrepreneurship journey. And then um, like in personal development, it was not as important to me because mm. I didn't have to... Uh, like create. I didn't have to decide things. I could just go to a job, do my work and then go home and, and uh, be with my family or, or, or be with my friends. But when I resigned and actually went on the journey, like stood there by myself, like there was no one telling me what to do and what to create, then I really needed to find that force and power within me, like find my why. Why am I building this? Why is this important to me? And then, like you said, also, I, I also believe that everything is within us like we have to empower ourselves um through different ways to to be able to create and empower through and and build the things that we want to build mm. so important thank you f- so much um yeah so um i mean the entrepreneurial journey is not an easy one it's super fun but it can be very challenging as well so uh, could you share some challenges that you have and how you have overcome them so many challenges <laughs> but i love challenges yeah like i i love them uh, but um i can pick um our first launch day <laughs> you know, we've been, um, we got our first investment early 2020. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the same time as COVID hit. So, you know, we just gathered our team in an office built for one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you're building for one year, you can just like see the launch day. That was like, oh, like we're going to have all our team ready 24-7, mm. it's going to explode. We we will need all hands on deck, like ha- what is the press release? What is, you know, all the go-to-market strategy? So we were building the platform for infrastructure and design all of it for one year. And then we decided uh, to, to go and launch mid-April. Mm. Um, but uh, with, um, since... We were launching at the time only on iOS, an app on App Store. So, mm. of course, we are dependent on the review and acceptance on App Store. And um, since we were at the time only building on test flight, which is like the, the test environment before you produce it and merge it to the App Store. Mm. Uh, we were like told that the first time you do it, Apple needs to review so a long time. It's going to take... 10 days, maybe two weeks before it gets out there. So when you're going to launch, um, put it out there a bit first. Now I know you can do that behind the, the scenes. I know if it's like accepted without putting it live, but we didn't know that then. Mm-hmm. Um, so we um, went down to Barcelona to a house uh, to be with some uh, entrepreneurs and investors and have a fun weekend. And uh, at the same day, we also got a big article in Dagens Industri that told, talked about Logcast and us raising money. And that was also, I think, supposed to go out like a week later. Mm-hmm. 
But suddenly people were calling me and we just saw the article went out. Mm-hmm. And then we had just released the app for review and we were ready to launch it, you know, two weeks later. Mm. And all of a sudden at like 6 p.m. on a Friday in Barcelona, like I was a little bit drunk the app just launched and the <laughs> article went out and we've been, been building in silence for a year wanting mm-hmm. to, you know, make a perfect bus. Yeah, yeah. And our whole team went home, mm. was home already because it was 6 p.m. No one was working and we couldn't even access the admin <laughs> because we had this firewall mm. that we can only access through a certain Wi-Fi or our computers. Mm, mm. So we couldn't even access and see if anything worked or if anyone signed up. So we were just like laughing and laying on the floor like we are launching and our team went home. We can't <laughs> access anything. And now I wouldn't say like that's a big challenge or failure. Mm. I mean, it's just a very fun story. Yeah. Uh, but what I learned from that or how I overcome it was that I think up until that I felt I mean we were sitting next to developers uh, our team the whole year building Mm. but at the same time I think I was a little bit distant to it Mm. we were the founders and we had our team to develop and we were asking for um their roadmap, product roadmap, but mm-hmm. still a little bit like tech is there and we are here. Mm. But that incident mm. got me to learn that no, I need to be fully invested in everything. I need to understand why the app was released, how I could myself access the admin. I shouldn't be like so um, isolated in Barcelona without being able to um, reach out to my own to company and my own product. Yeah. Uh, so ever since that, both me and my co-founder has been like dive heads first into like our whole architecture. We can even read the code at this stage. Mm. Uh, as you know, I'm, I'm the product officer, so yeah. I'm leading our tech team. Um, so both of us just feel that we are now breathing our tech, which we need to since we are a tech company. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, but that it's, it was a good learning, right? To to be to a reminder for you to be present and and kind of have the overall look of, of every aspect of the business. So yeah. I think that was very good. But I can imagine it was stressful at that time in in that moment. <laughs> it was, and at the same time, just like we couldn't stop laughing about no, how yeah. like epic fail, you know. But uh, we also realized like who no one cares. No, we actually exactly. got a lot of um, downloads and good good press about it, but I mean, the launch, you always make yeah, it yeah, such yeah. a big thing, yeah, but yeah. no one cares that you're launching. No, launch no. like all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but for you, it's a big thing. You want to launch it the way you like have seen it in front of you. Yeah, but uh, just one thing. Yeah, walk us through shortly, like when you're releasing, I don't think everybody knows that, like when you're building an app, what, what did you do? Do you mention test flight and you mentioned um, reviews? Could you just give us the like short <laughs> instruction there? Like if someone else has wanted to launch their app, like what is the um, criteria? Yeah, I mean, if you're building an app specifically, you need to decide if it's going to be an Android or iOS or cross-platform. Mm. Today, there's such a good 
technology to directly build for all platforms. Mm. Uh, but we decided to build in Swift, which is specifically a language for iOS. Okay. Um, so, I mean, um, I don't know how dig- deep I should go about it, but um, how you normally do is that you set up first your design or prototype of how you want it to look like what is the user experience what should the user interface be so just um, start to understand like what is your product what is it that your customers or target audience needs they need to scream for your product understand that Mm. and then you need a front end and back end team uh, to to build the architecture and um, the iOS uh, um, the app, mm. um, and then you can decide yourself like the way the house rules of how ways of working. We we have sprints of releasing every week, mm. so we have a ship or die culture where we want to always be launching. So we set every Monday uh, where we do a, maybe a bigger task sprint of this is the roadmap for this month. And then we divide it to every week. Mm. Every Monday we set gather the team. This is the priority. And then we release every Friday. Mm. Test it for a few days to see that the flows are working great. Mm. And then when you test it, you test on test flight. Mm. And it's always been a, almost been a culture now where you can even bring in your community to test with you. Mm. It's very open. Mm. I think Clubhouse, which was such a, such a success in the beginning, beginning, I even think that all of their like 2,000 early users were only on test flight. Mm. So you can build and test with your community mm. and invite your team or family, whatever. Mm. Um, but then when you feel like it's bulletproof or good enough, we merge it to master or merge to production, mm. meaning it's merged to the head app, which is on App Store. Okay. And everyone, it's super easy to, I mean, you don't need to apply to Apple or something to build an app, but you need to have a certain criteria, of course, to be able to release it on their marketplace. Mm. Um, but as soon as you've been released or accepted once, it's you can always update it and... And cool. it's pretty similar for Google Play. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, but that was a good, 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 uh, quick tutorial. Thank you. But how did you find your tech teams? I mean, that's always, uh, <laughs> if you are building a tech product, you, you really have to find the good tech. And I mean, that, yeah, the, everybody screams after good tech. Yeah. And me, myself, uh, I'm a business founder as well. So I am, have always lacked <laughs> a tech partner. So how, what is, like, how do you find your tech team and how do you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was even working three years with the, the goal of bringing in the best IT consultants in Sweden mm. to Consid when mm. I worked there. So I know like the hardship of finding good talent within yeah. like engineers. Um, but it was actually at my time as Consind, I was working with a guy called Frederick uh, and um, we were, he was a brilliant engineer and I was in the marketing team and we were together doing a lot of projects where he was engineering it and I was leading the concept and project around it and we always said that we worked good together and we basically built from zero to one different products like mini companies within the company Mm. so we always said like we need to start our own company together and um, when we both um, 
stopped working at Concede and we started two separate companies. I mean, if you go to that, if you go on that journey, mm. you become so close with other people that took, take that journey, like jump off the corporate and start your own. Yeah. So we always had lunches and like helped each other on journey. Mm. And um, so um, when I talked to him about logcast and what we want to do, he it was it was pretty easy to just work with him and his team um, from the beginning. So he and his team was the first developers in Logcast yeah. and I knew they were good. They had made they made a due diligence on me mm, since we've mm, been working together mm, before. Mm. Um, so that was like how it started. But then since that, it's been various ways of fi- finding um, different networks that get us into some one people. I've been I've been so tired of like the high salaries and um, you know demanding developers in Sweden. And so I was like, I mean, today the new language you don't have need to have fifteen years experience. It's such new um, technology. So two or three years in something is maybe even better. So which countries are interesting for this? Mm. Which countries are developing in in new technologies? So I was looking to Cameroon and Nigeria because mm-hmm. it was like. I mean, India, so many developers are, are headhunted there already. Mm. So I was like, what are the next India? Mm. Mm. Um, and Flutter is a, a pretty new language. Um, so I was starting to look into community leads in Flutter communities because, because community leads are often good, but also social skills and leadership skills. So yes, those are important as well. <laughs> yeah, so I reached out and headhunted them like that mm. um, found a really good team now working with us in Cameroon mm-hmm. they are amazing cool. so I'm very proud of our tech team we have people in India, Philippines, Cameroon UK, Canada Mexico City uh, Sarajevo mm, nice. yeah, so it's so fun it's spread out uh, because we just pick talent we don't care where they are Yeah, and I think that's a smart strategy to go after talent and not like be so f- uh, focused on a country or a specific uh, firm so just finding the t- the right talent for for your product and what do you offer them is it sweat equity or are they hired or are they consultants or is it a mix of everything we have a little bit of a mix mm? depending on the the person mm? um but um Our core team, we think it's important that they are co-owners of Logcasts. Yeah. Then it's a mix of invoice, salary, and uh, warrants. Um, and some are purely consultants, but employed and engaged full-time with us. Mm-hmm. We just, I don't really see any reason anymore to have salaries employed by Swedish law. I mean, I can understand. Mm. The point, but it's so much easier as a, as a company that they are just invoicing us. Mm. They're mm. still fully engaged, like we are breathing Logcast, all of us. Mm. But I think it's better for them to understand their their economy and do whatever they want with their VAT. Mm. So we are working mostly with um, like consultancy setup. Mm. And I, I guess that's a good option because you have people all over the world as well working. So mm. it's maybe easier for you to handle as an employer 
to have it that way. And um, yeah, I'm really interested in leadership as well. And you are leading teams today. So can you tell us about how you have developed as a leader? Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm, I think as a leader, um, the best thing you can do is just to understand yourself. Mm. Because you can apply, I think a company and a team is not so different from a family or a kid. Mm, mm, and mm. you can apply certain rules or how to be a good parent. But when it comes to stressful situations, mm. when it's just chaos or surprise or whatever, your your like core authentic person comes out and yes. that's how you raise your kid. Yes. Right? Yes, yes. So as a person, I take so much investment into understanding myself, working on things that I think I should improve personally. Mm. But my teammates, investors, board members, co-founder, like they are my friends and teammates. So I, I don't see any difference there. So for me, it's more about as, when I develop as a person, I can be a better leader as well. Mm. Um, but one thing, though, if I should be concrete, is communication. Mm. Yes. Everything is communication. Yes. Um, so even though you see the vision, it doesn't matter if you say it. Mm. It's matter what they hear. Yeah. And it's so easy to be like, I said that three times. Mm. Doesn't matter. You as the leader, you need to understand and ask if they actually received it because that's on you. Mm. Yes. So I've been working so much with communication and be, be clear. Um, yeah. No, yeah, that's really good, important. Uh, I think communication is key. And especially since we are all different uh, and we interpret things differently. So I, I definitely agree with you. It's, it's on you as a leader to confirm that everybody has understood <laughs> what you said and, what, and that they are of the same understanding of the meaning of what you have said. Yeah. So definitely, yes. So what is your biggest achievement uh, so far? What are you most proud of? I must say the people I'm surrounded with because a company is just team. doesn't matter if people say anything else. Of course, it's the product, but you can't do anything with it if you don't have a team. Mm, yeah. And um, right now, like all the team members are working operationally every day with us, mm. as said, are spread out literally all over the world. Mm. But... Uh, I just are, I'm so inspired by them and I'm so, I just love to see their vision for Logcast. So I'm very proud of, of that team, but also the investors uh, that we have um, to be able to make them want to invest in and believe in us. That's such a big like achievement, I feel. Mm. Uh, and um, also the relationships I've been able to build with um, my closest team, like my co-founder. That is just um, everything. Mm. Uh, so I'm just very proud that we are respectful of each other, that we still like, engage with each other for the vision, include each other, um, because that's in the end what it's all about and what will make Logcast a success or not. Mm, mm. Yeah, that is very true. 
yeah, it is the people that you surround yourself with and that you build the 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 business or the, the product together with. So you've mentioned um, investors, and that is a key component if you are building a tech startup. So how did you get your first investors on board? The very first ones was actually when I told you a story about Frederick, mm. who uh, was because in the beginning, you know, us so fun. We sat there in September, you know, do it or do not. There is no try. Bank hotel. We were sharing with dirty. Uh, martinis and we were like let's do this so we started building a prototype design of how it should look in november we went to slush mm. and we were like let's find investors and launch logcast they were <laughs> we had nothing we just had so big visions and so big dreams so I actually really think that we thought we had a company mm. we hadn't even registered it yet mm. but mm. we were like full-on launching <laughs> And um, we were making press photos and oh, so we went there and we were pitching to take in our first investments. Mm, mm. But we just had such a big goals of what this could be. And at the same time, we didn't have anything except for a prototype. Mm. So it was just like a mismatch of what we wanted. Uh, uh, yeah. And I know also sometimes we were <laughs> at Slush, you know, you get... Um, merge with different people have you been there no i haven't but i would love to go though if you if you go there and set up your profile you get merged with investors mm. or, or mm. team members or something like a matchmaking yeah thing. yeah and we were like okay our first investment pitch <laughs> and it was me and lenny yeah. my co-founder mm -hmm. and then a girl came mm. and we were like full-on pitching so nervous i was like oh and then after 10 minutes, she was like, mm, I don't think the job is suitable for me. And then we realized, <laughs> oh, she was searching for co-founders or, or a, a, a job. job. Ah, okay. Uh, so, but we also have stories when our first real pitch, like, you know, pitch deck, suit, standing there like, do, 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 do. we just had one of those. And then we realized this is not for us. It's so like informal mm. investment for me mm. is investors are owning the locals just as I am. It's just team members. Mm -hmm. We all do this. It's about relationships. It's yes. about seeing the same things. Yeah. It's not about like, I believe it when I see it. No, when you see it, you believe it. Mm -hmm. Did I say that mm, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like this. When you believe it, you see it. Yes. Yes, that's that's it. Yeah. And um so after that I met the um we 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 instead with Mid Frederick and uh, his co-founder and Lenny and we realized like let's take in money from them but also sweat equity equity and mm. build this as mm. technical co-founders kind of. Mm. So we did that they reinvested in us one year later. Ooh, nice. So that was like our first takeoff. Yeah. And then about the Barcelona trip, you know, when we were supposed to launch, <laughs> yeah. we had a Break It article coming out. Mm. And after that, Adam Jeffer at Voy reached out mm -hmm. and said, I'm very interested and excited about sound, aud like audio networks. Mm. This was like before Clubhouse and everyone doing it. Mm -hmm. So he was like, oh, this is very interesting. Um, so he was our second investment. Mm -hmm. And then during the Barcelona weekend... You know, when I was in chaos, mm -hmm. came our third and fourth investment. Mm -hmm. Because 
obviously we had the, the article going out and so you were actually sitting around the dinner table mm. with some investors and mm. your friends and mm. um, we just said log cost just increased valuation three times who's in on the pre-year valuation mm. mm-hmm. and we just Pre-seed, yeah. like raise hands like are we joking or not i don't know and mm. they just raised hands and we were signing there mm. so we just realized all of a sudden they them One of them are my love of my life mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. <laughs> Congratulations. And one of them are like absolutely one of our best friends. Yeah. So for me, investment is all about building together. Yeah, relationships. From some you can take money, from some you can take their brain <laughs> and support. It's just different ways of contributing. Mm. And when you nail it and understand this, Uh, I think when that clicked for me, mm. and when you don't distance yourself from investors, you make them like part of your company, yeah, more or less. Yeah. Then it's just been more organic and true. Mm. But do you have like what would be your advice for people that maybe have struggled with with uh, pitching or finding investors? Like what what has been the magic sauce for you, a- a- apart from building a relationship? Like, do you have any tricks or Uh, something that you can like share. I think it always is good with a way in, and I understand it's you can't just get the network, but if you go into LinkedIn and the person you really want as your investor, mm. and you research a bit about that person, mm. firstly you need to understand you you shouldn't just go after money. You should go after what that that person wants. So if you research a lot about the person you think is perfect and why that person would be perfect to invest, Mm. you can see that you need to have some um, common friends in some form. So if you, instead of reaching out directly to that investor, you can ask your common friend to introduce you. Mm, mm. Because people often have a lot to do. They get a lot of DMs. Mm. So if you can get an intro, it's always easier. Yeah. And then I think, I mean, of course, some investors have built companies themselves, mm. but so many investors have been investors or in corporate all their lives. Mm. And there's a reason they're investors and maybe not entrepreneurs. So if we can understand that as an entrepre- entrepreneur, you have the idea. Mm. You are the bold, crazy, like, um, disruptor Mm-mm. that investors are excited to jump on that journey Mm. and they have things that you are longing for and need Mm. so if you can understand the power play that it's not you that only need them you they need you as well Mm. if you can land on that and realize that and before you meet really make a good research about what you think that investor or vc firm really want in their portfolio Mm. then it's more like like a first date Mm. and see try not to beg for something more like build this together that's my advice mm. and do you have a, a PR strategy or build strategy like how do you get investors feel the FOMO or like the excitement that this is the next, next big thing can you see something from your own journey that you can say like oh this has been the success factor for us it's always good to talk about things no one knows what you're doing if you don't talk about it mm. kind of mm. so a uh, big and small things just uh, talk about it 
sometimes it could be hard to understand why you should go to that when someone invites you to speak at something. It's like, oh, eh, do I have time or energy to do that? But then you realize the more you talk about it, there's someone in the audience mm -hmm. that can connect you to that or want to invest or want to work with you or want to use it. So just try to go out there. And um, so the peer strategy, I think, has been um, to really... make buzz about what you're doing mm. and um, also see Logcast as like, you need to understand what kind of person Logcast is. You need to understand what uh, you want Logcast to communicate and what values it needs to have. Mm. Uh, because if the team and marketing team understand this, then everything that funnels out speak that language. Mm -hmm. um, Mm? Yeah, but we've been having so many different PR strategies, uh, so it's hard to just say one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you shared some. I mean, I'm I'm sure you have learned from changing strategies as well. Then you have found things that didn't work and that you have um, pivoted to. Yes. Yeah, but I, I think it's a good thing that you mentioning. Like you should see yourself as a, you sell your company everywhere like everywhere you talk about your company it's it, it is a pitch more or less uh, and you never know where you're gonna find uh, employers empl employees or co-founders or uh, co-creators or, or collaborators or investment investors or advisors or or whatever yeah that's very good um do you have any mentor uh, or some other support system that supports you in your journey? Yeah, as an entrepreneur, it's like it's your lifestyle. So I, I don't divide and just have pick one mentor specifically in my life. Like mm -hmm. I have mentors for everything. Mm -hmm. I was just with one of my best friends. She just gave birth at home. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> like, and to do that, you know that you're not supposed to scream when you give birth. What? I mean, we shouldn't go to deep in but <laughs> Okay, it, that's maybe a totally uh, different podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it. she just talks so much about how you need to be fully in your body, mm -hmm. feeling, embracing the pain and, you know, being that. And so by talking to her and understanding the power of feminine, feminine energy mm -hmm. and breathing and being conscious about your life, I mean, now that will help me so much in so many conversations moving forward with um, tomorrow morning, I have such a major um, meeting with the investor mm -hmm. and to just like connect with my body before this. So like that is one big mentor. Mm -hmm. um, and then my co-founder, mm -hmm. she's been in the beginning before we started, I think I felt she was close friends but also a mentor in so much because um, she's from Australia and the, experienced so many things that I haven't experienced mm -hmm. and so she's such a like old soul mm -hmm. so she's a mentor mm -hmm. um, but also uh, my love he's an entrepreneur himself mm -hmm. he's like four years ahead so in, in the entrepreneur journey mm -hmm. okay so yeah. it's like to to have someone so close to always mentor you in steps to take and challenge you and 
Uh, so I, I can't say that I just have one mentor. It's it's for me. It's, it's rather like everyone I have around me, mm. friends, board, family, mm. needs to be people that I'm. I know consciously that they are influencing me. Mm. I'm. I am these people. Mm. So I, I can instead say who is not my mentor. Mm. That's better. Mm. Like I know who. If it's not giving me energy or if I'm not inspired by their life choices, I don't want to have them around because mm. you, if you want it or not, you're sharing, you're sharing energy, cells. So, yeah, M- mentor is my, my best friends, my board, my, yeah, my creator on the, on Logcast. Mm. Wow, they teach me so much. Yeah, and I think that's uh, beautiful, and uh, that's a beautiful view um, to see everybody in your life as a mentor in some way. Uh, I have also a lot of informal mentors, uh, people around me in my network. It could be former colleagues or friends or family members that I see as a mentor, but I haven't asked them like, "Can you be my mentor?" But I I see that, and I have different mentors for different purposes, like you said, like one friend that is very into like personal development and I can talk with her and then I have other mentors for like maybe business or career or, or parenting or whatever it can be so yeah beautiful um you mentioned that uh, Logcast is on blockchain and nft can you i know that nft is like a this fluffy word that is not so clear to everyone what is that so can you talk about a little bit about that yes how deep you do you want to go <laughs> how deep do you want me <laughs> i don't know you decide i mean okay so because this is very broad so yes, i just I don't know, know <laughs> like which if it's top level or like but i will start and please just interrupt me with questions if it's like too okay. because it's it's a it's a lot if you really want to understand why we decided to build on blockchain and nfts okay but i will try to make it uh, short but up until now social media everything you put out there online has been something we just share for free yes and no one has really cared which now when i've opened my eyes for that i think it's insane but everything you post or interact with online is someone who's owning that tech tech companies and it's been fine because it's been fun social is so new still it's just 20 years or something Mm. um it's been free for um uh, content um consumers i mean it hasn't been free because the big companies has have been capitalizing on it um Yeah, yeah, but maybe that's a standard story for another. No, it's topic. exactly what it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, free in terms of posting you and are con- posting using, for free. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So it's like you work for free. Yes. For Instagram. Yeah. And you're just fine with it. Yeah. Uh, but they are, can do whatever they want and sell advertisement on the content. Yeah. Uh, which been fine. That's been the rules of the game. Mm. Uh, but. Um, Now with new technology and people understanding more of mm. like their data and yes, there's a new horizon. Mm. We're moving away from the attention economy where we sell yeah. eyeballs for an attention mm. Uh, mm. and instead moving into just the ownership economy mm-hmm. where um, with, okay, so when it comes to NFTs, non-fungible tokens, mm. 
Uh, up until now, it's been very hard to, as said, know what you own on the internet because it's just on the platform. You post on the platform, it's the platform. Mm. But on the blockchain and NFTs, it means that you you post something and it, it could be an NFT. When it's traceable to you, mm. you own your digital identity. Mm. And and when we started, we were only building on Microsoft, mm. so not on the blockchain. Meaning we were doing what everyone else is doing, mm. and then. It just hit that and we realized that we truly want to give power back to creators. We truly want to, I mean, in the financial industry, mm-hmm. um, blockchain enabled to actually find a way to skip the banks and middleman mm-hmm. and decentralize finance. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really, I, I, thought, I thought it was interesting and cool with crypto blockchain, but I, I, I wasn't like, personally interested mm-hmm. until NFT and Ethereum came mm-hmm. because then I could really understand the utility of it. So so tell us about that because I, I understand like the concept of N- NFT but that is still the like the art and the funky funny monkeys for me. So what does it mean in your world and like for your platform that you're building? Yeah so with this suddenly it's not only about fintech and crypto anymore. Mm-hmm. Now it's media and what what uh, bitcoin did for um you know de- decentralizing skipping the banks mm-hmm. is now happening with social media it's, <clears throat> instead of a few big tech giants having all the power mm-hmm. centrally mm-hmm. where we post and they commercialize it as they want mm-hmm. now suddenly with nfts and blockchain we can decentralize social media Meaning that if you post something on Logcast, mm-hmm. we facilitate it so you can create it and distribute it. Mm. But it's an NFT. It's a smart contract that is always traceable back to you. Mm-hmm. And so every Logcast is an NFT mm. in itself. Mm. But we call it NFM, non-fungible memory. Ah, nice. Clever. But it, the technology is an NFT. Okay. And why this is so amazing is that we don't care if it's only on Logcast anymore. Because we build in the smart contract that is yours. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it can be distributed on Spotify, OpenSea, whatever you want to distribute it on. Because if someone buys it, mm-hmm. it will be traced back to you and you will still earn your money. Mm -hmm. So why this is so important is that suddenly you don't need to have this big audience size Mm. to earn money Mm. because you need to have a big audience size to sell advertisement. But with this, it's enough that one person loves your content and you make one transaction and you get the value. Mm. So it's actually more like how it is in offline. If you have something someone wants, You can sell that and you get the transfer. Mm, mm. You don't need to speak to a big audience size to exchange value. Mm, mm. But now all of a sudden with um, NFTs and Web3 blockchain, um, we can exchange value between quality, not just quantity. Mm, mm. Um, so what this is important is, yeah, I think it's changing I, it will take a long time before this is fully adopted, but mm-hmm. I think this is changing the way we look at internet. I think this is um, building um, a new era of uh, how we interact with each other and 
Because if you need, to, if you, if you want to earn good money as a creator mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. or has how it's been, you need to have a big audience size. Yes. And to have a big audience size, we know what sells out there. Yeah. I mean, you can have a very genuine good content, but sex, negative emotions, all of that sells good. Mm. So it builds this culture that bigger audience sizes, then you sell commercial and la la. Mm. And if you're an independent artist with really like weird music that a few people really love, mm. it's hard to make good money on that because you don't have the stream Mm-hmm. Up and so on. So you need maybe to have an extra job. Yes. But now with technology like this, it's enough that ten people like love your piece. Or this morning I had a meeting with a brilliant artist painting. Mm-hmm. It's enough actually that one person loves her painting and wants to pay it for five hundred thousand, for instance. One person, and she can get that. She don't need to have this audience size and sell uh, apples to communicate she can sell her content mm-hmm. and that's very new do you know what I, do you yeah. follow but uh, one question there like you uh, are doing uh, like audio like smoke like short audio uh, can a person buy can I sell the same audio clip to a lot of people or is it just to one person right now it's just to one person mm. but that person then can sell it to someone else. Yeah. But if I would do this podcast say in uh, low cost like with episodes then every episode will be unique. It, uh, every episode will be a NFM mm-hmm. <laughs> NFT but yeah. NFM and then I can sell those to one person. Yeah, if they want to own it, but everyone can listen. Ah, so everybody can listen, but if they want to own it they can buy it. Okay. So it's like um Oh, I only know the Swedish name. Upphovs rätt. Yeah, yeah. Copyright. Yeah, yeah. So you sell your copyright of it. Mm. Ah, okay. But um, how can the artist sell their art if you're only audio? We also have a picture. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we are audio first because I really think that we are moving towards a voice first future. Mm. Uh, I really think the power of voice and sound innovation is that's a whole other chapter Mm, mm, mm. Uh, but right now we are still walking around with our screens and we are interacting visually so we thought it's important that you can still add a picture to what you're talking about okay so now it's like you can have um, your art Mm -hmm. uh, but you can talk about it ah that's beautiful or you can read a poem or something that comes with the art yeah like you can add a personal note Mm. that's very nice So what kind of creators do you have mainly on your platform? What type of creators? Yeah, so right now it's mainly audio creators Mm. that are used to using their voice to create content. Mm. Podcasters, comedians, artists, Mm -hmm. um, rappers. But uh, my vision, Mm. our vision, Mm. is that everyone is a creator. Meaning, it's so easy if you ask someone, are you on social media? Mm. And certain generations or mm. a lot of people can say, no, it's not not for me. Mm. Either you're on Instagram or you're, you're not. Mm. But if you ask again, like, okay, how do you communicate with your friends? Everyone has WhatsApp or yeah. iMessage. And so everyone is 
communicating online. Yeah. But social media has been this influencer mm. or you're a user. Yeah. But I think that's just the business model of advertisement. Yeah. We move that away yeah. and now everyone is a creator. Everyone is posting. Everyone is longing for meaningful interactions online. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Logcast now in the beginning just caters to audio creators because we need to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really truly believe that um, everyone should own what they say online. Mm. It's crucial. Mm. Uh, so Locus is for everyone. Um, mm. But right now, as yeah. said, we have mostly creators in US. Yeah, but in US, yeah. But I definitely agree with what you're saying because um, I saw social media. I was a, a consumer of social media before before I started to podcast and then like actually building my personal brand and being more active and like wanting to communicate a message or like, yeah. So I saw myself as a as a uh, consumer. Uh, I didn't see myself as an influencer or creator, but today uh, I definitely have respect for content creators because it takes so much effort and so much time to create beautiful content. Yeah. Uh, and I really understand that everybody are content creators in their way. Uh, like you don't have to be an influencer to be a content creator. Like I'm content creator by through my podcast and through, through uh, yeah, building that brand. And you have uh, all different communities like on social media about different things, about like beauty or dogs or whatever. And and every account is a content creator in itself. And that really like clicked for me when I started to podcast in the end, like building brands. Mm. And right now, social media like TikTok, Instagram has favored people that are very good at content creation, mm, mm. video production, editing, preferable look because it's like visual what yes. sells. Yes. Which, I mean, that's amazing. Instagram is actually a photo editing app, so it, that's okay that it is like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But since social media has taken over our world, mm-hmm. then it becomes problematic. Yes. Because all of a sudden, there are so many interesting voices that doesn't get heard or are not interested. Yeah. Uh, which also becomes a little bit... Of, yeah, so I, 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 I miss this, like, podcasting shows a little bit more, like, thought processes and science and things I'm interested about mm. um, but I think when it's only visually it's a little bit harder to bring that out mm. but if everyone can be a creator and you can exchange value to if you're a teacher mm. it's enough there are 20 students that wants to hear you yeah therapy one-on-one sessions yeah, like this yeah, yeah. people exchange value offline like that yeah of course you should do that be able to do that online and yeah. that's more easy now when we can own our content and mm. um so i want to i don't want to say like users and creators no i want to say everyone is a creator yeah i agree uh, and we just just take away the barrier between online and offline everything that it works offline uh, should it be kind of the same online. Mm. You own your scarf. Of course, you should own what you post. Mm, mm, uh, mm. But I think it's okay. I mean, we, we didn't have belts in cars mm. when they came. Mm. We didn't have roundabouts and red signs. Mm. I mean, we we need to learn. And the first year of social media was like this, and that's okay. Mm. Uh, Facebook was smart with their business model, but I think um, 
we can all agree that it's not the most healthy no. way no. of doing it. Mm. And I think now with platforms like Logcast, mm-hmm. uh, we can really put the content and quality first and creator first. Mm. Um So yeah, I'm excited but, but, for the next generation. Yeah, but it's very important what you highlight here as well. Like when we see it as a um, uh, attention economy, and that and that you need to have big followers to earn money or to to be an influencer, then the like well, a certain look or a certain style is is preferable. But when you switch it to uh, content, uh, like Uh, what 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 did you call it now? Like a uh, user, uh, crea- yeah, yeah, a create create creative uh, economy uh, that everybody can create. Then that that doesn't matter as much because everybody can be an influencer to their community. Like if you like lo- love fishing, you can be an influencer <laughs> to your fishing yes. community, or like you said, mention like a teacher that is really good at talking or talking about something in an interesting way that person is an influencer to their community. And I think that's very important because that shifts back to power to the people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also, for sure, yeah. and I don't even believe we're going to see social media so long, so much longer, because mm. social media is a place you jump into. Yeah. It, we Most people in younger generation are even more online than offline. Mm. So... You jo- that is just everywhere. Mm. So it's not social media, it's just social. Yeah, exactly. And then that, that's why everyone is literally a creator. And if yes. you ask a young people today, they don't want to be lawyers and accountants mm. or doctors anymore. They want to be YouTubers. Mm. Um, so we can also see there that everyone wants to be a creator. Mm. And that with that comes new demands of how you should take ownership of it. Mm-hmm. Um And yeah, I think that's super exciting. Yeah. But I have an important question here. Like how do we, I mean, social media have has a lot of good things and brings a lot of good creative things, but it brings some bad things as well. So how do you monitor like hate speech or like sexism or things like that at your, in your platform? Like do you censor people or... Yeah, I'm just curious how you because that's a problem. I mean, for for all social media platforms. I mean, the law of polarity. I think it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always one two side of a coin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So with NFTs, you put it on the blockchain; it's uncensorable, mm-hmm. which is amazing in countries where voices not get heard. Yes, yeah. and um, like no single share can decide what people are able to hear. Mm. Not one-way communication to like manipulate people. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, mm. it's scary when it's things that you're definitely not want on the platform, but mm. it's on the blockchain. We can't really stop that. But we, as said, uh, with that said, have really thought about this so much mm. and have lawyers working on this. So we have a community. We we trust our community to bring up and bring uh, this, and um, we also have community guidelines and reporting. And there are some certain topics that we don't accept and don't want to support mm. that in our marketplace. Mm. But on the blockchain, we can't do anything. That's the beauty of uh, blockchain; it's just like unmutable. Mm. 
so you have guidelines and you can then uh, expand people or like shut people down if they're not following is that the way to interpret it or this is a very sensitive topic because i know <laughs> i know and, and it could be really um um thought of wrong because of course we don't want to support racism or sex, like, mm. you know mm. but i think also that the world have um with media yeah has developed like filters on uh, filter bubbles that are not healthy yes and my biggest vision mm. is to remove the barriers between on- online and offline mm. and in offline we have conversations about everything everywhere mm. happening mm. and if i don't like that i don't walk over to that table mm. but i kind of also believe that if we try to understand like i really bring live on this vision that or live by this philosophy that we are our perspectives mm-hmm. are only limited about how much we know yes so the more we know about ourselves about others about the world the more we can make sense of things mm. and the more we can make sense the more empathy and compassion we have yeah. and compassion brings peace yeah. so i'm not saying i want to bring highlight horrible conversations mm-hmm. of course not but i don't believe in moderating reality either mm. um so yeah with that said we are working on this to keep a healthy online platform mm. um but um, at the same time we don't want to censor too much mm. Mm. Now I know I, I know it is a very sensitive question and it is a very tricky one and because uh, I I I agree with you like you you want to be pro the free speech but at the same time you don't want to like encourage or or accept t- too much of of hate speech or like negative uh, topics so but um at I think that when you're building a platform like you're doing, and this is a big problem for all social media platforms, not just your platform, I think it's important to be co- like mindful of it and cautious with it and then handle it in the best way. And it sounds like you have a good philosophy, you're working on it, you're talking about it, and, and you're going to figure it out in one way or another because there is no answer like you should do this or you should do that. Um I mean... Not too long ago in our world, we were like burning women, yeah, and people thought that was the mandate, yeah. And things that we do today in thousand years will be insane, yeah, and we're very questionable, like medicine we eat and things like this. Mm-hmm. So I'm also very like, who am I to decide what's going to be on the platform or not? Mm-hmm. But since this is a big topic, we have a better solution, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and that is that Locus will soon not be owned only by us. It will be owned by the community. Mm. So we will release a token mm. where our community will have a piece of Logcast mm. with regulation rights, mm. meaning that they can vote and so on. So the community will decide more mm. instead of just one person Elon Musk sitting and deciding yeah. what yeah. can be there or yeah. not but exactly. he actually wants free speech but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i i i understand what you mean yeah 
Good. Very exciting and fiery topic. I love it. What is your personal vision and where do you see yourself in like short term, approximately one year and long term, like five years? I'm so thirsty for it. Can I take a little bit of your <laughs> yeah, water? Yeah, sure. <laughs> like That's totally okay. When you talk for long, we have been talking for long. Very exciting uh, topic. Thank so, you so much. <laughs> no, welcome. Welcome. So when I, what I see myself in one year and five years. Yeah, so where, where do you see yourself for, for your, yourself as Johanna, like in the short term and the long term? Like what, do, what are your aspirations and dreams, goals? And then I have the same question for Locust, like for your company. Are you the kind of person that writes goals and visions for your life? No, I'm not, but I have them in my head. Like mm. I am a visionary person. I like uh, spend time like um, envisioning where I'm going and like, um, um, I think it's important to have dreams and, and goals like kind of see that like put down the northern star like where you're going but I'm not the person like writing down the goals like what I should do every month or what should I achieve every month but I think it's important to kind of have some vision where you want to ge- be mm. yeah because I'm almost no I don't think I'm too much but I am that person <laughs> <laughs> Okay, like, it was a trick question. <laughs> no, but and I fell for it. <laughs> I just um, love doing it because I love self-reflection, and I so much believe that if you want something, like you, you need to have a plan for it, and mm. you need to manifest it, and so on. Mm. And I love, especially on planes and in taxis, mm. like when it's like you just go somewhere, mm. but especially in plane. Uh, it's so much like I just take up my notes. I've been doing this since I was uh, 25. Mm-hmm. I still have the notes since I'm 25, but you see my goals are it's so cute. <laughs> um, and I write like, especially every new year, mm. I take a long time sitting, thinking, but then I go into this absolutely every month, but kind of almost every week mm-hmm. to to think. So that question for me is like, I know exactly my aspirations and what I want, but it's also so big and personal mm, mm, so it's mm. so hard for me to just like in one year I'm this but since you asked like my private life um, and to not go too philosophical um, <laughs> go philosophical so go philosophical <laughs> no but uh, like 2021 was very big personally for me. Mm-hmm. It's uh, too big to go into, but it's like I turned upside down of so much in my life uh, in the most like scary, but also now beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm still landing in everything, and it's uh, it's such a learning, and it's so it's so in- incredible incredible what like understandings you get and and how you can grow it feels like I grow 10 cent- centimeters which I need because I'm short <laughs> but uh, so in in one year mm. because now I really feel I have started to land in everything mm-hmm. and it's such an amazing feeling so I think now in one year I'm just so curious to see how it all have happened mm-hmm. again I mean so much happened in just one year so in one year again I Everything I manifest now will hopefully 
have happened, but it never happens exactly as you want. But you know, mm, mm. Um, so I, I live part time in Barcelona, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I know we want to invest in something there and mm-hmm. and build our like Stockholm is very I love Stockholm, but it's very business and network and like mm. our foundations for the company are here but Barcelona is our like adventure nature space Mm -hmm. and we want to have that place to invite our international friends and family so I I, I want to see how we have our other base there Mm -hmm. and um, I am also learning Spanish and Mandarin right now Mm-hmm. So I want to see how my brain has evolved through that because mm-hmm. it's so cool how your neurons are changing when you learn a language. Mm-hmm. So that's also a goal I have. Um, yeah, well, let's stop there. It's too, too, <laughs> too broad. Okay, thank you for sharing. And, and where do you see low cost going? Like what is your big vision with low cost? I think... I mean, I, I can say numbers and team and more things like business-wise, mm-hmm. but th- I think it's more interesting to talk about that we, as we've been talking about now with the new era of internet, mm-hmm. I really see how low-cost are now. I mean, low-cost, we are based here in Stockholm with Spotify and Ericsson, like connectivity and sound innovation. I really believe that low-cost is now the next generation Um company out of Stockholm that has so much to learn and so much to like, good values to bring out in the world mm-hmm. and, and now it's the new era of internet where we have actually built the world's first spoken audio NFT platform mm-hmm. and we are so ready now with good investors with good team members so I really want to see now that Logcast take a um, be the platform mm-hmm. that could actually revolutionize be part of a revolutionizing mm-hmm the way we interact online. Um, and I really see how Logcast plays a role in this mm-hmm. and uh, be a public good for mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in five years, I'm still highly involved in Logcast, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm so curious about so much. Um, micro, everything from genes and space, you know. So I also see how Logcast is our entry to so much Uh, and um, mm. how we can, I mean, who knows, in five years, we maybe use our brains as the next interface. Mm. So uh, I kind of see how Logcast is more of a big ecosystem mm. for the way we connect and communicate. Mm. 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 Awesome. And we are definitely a unicorn by then. Oh, of course. Perfect. Um, yeah, um, I think we have to be talking for too long and we, <laughs> we are all dry in our mouths and, and really hot here in the studio. So um, what are your best advice for someone wanting to build their or building their own tech company? So many, uh, so <laughs> many <laughs> recommendations. But uh, I would say people don't see things as they are. People think, see things as they are. So you should absolutely take in what everyone's saying, but mm. really believe if you see something, mm. go for it. Um, the technology is out there and can be solved somehow. I mean, we we didn't thought, yeah. So just understand what it is really it is that you want to do, and uh, 
don't as the more people saying no, the more people that that's why you should do it. Mm. So just go for it. Mm. Um, and um, also, don't be afraid. I mean, I really believe you should be authentic and do your own thing and not. I mean, it's a big insult to mm. your own self and company to compare yourself to other. Mm. Don't do that. Mm. But copy with pride. Mm. You know, stand on the shoulders of giants. You can do a lot of things that people have done brilliant, mm. but then adapt it to be authentic. So you don't I mean we did that mistake so many times that we wanted to build something and we didn't look to anything else. Mm. I think we could have done so much things faster if we actually copy with pride, mm. but still I mean, you shouldn't copy paste no, a product, but you know, copy in your own way. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So I actually learned that when I worked at Viasat at MTM Gear, mm. they had one of their house rules like copy with pride, mm. and I just clicked for me recently mm, mm. that that's actually okay and mm. good. Mm. Um, but be authentic, know what you want, and go for it, and find your support system. Mm. My important. sisters, my mom, dad, like oh. Um, you, you need um, a support system because being an entrepreneur is uh, is hard. Mm, mm. Uh, but the most amazing thing, I would never not do it. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. And is there another tech hustler that you would like me to interview? I haven't met her, but I've always been inspired by um, Linnea at uh, Einride. She's mm. one of the co-founders there. Yes. Really cool, like building trucks with e- electronic. Yeah. Gear, yeah. So maybe her. Yeah. Amazing. And Corner Hard, I think. Yeah. I think that's her name as well. Thank you so much, Johanna, for taking the time. And just thank you for a very interesting and insightful t- chat. Thank you so much. Really, really cool concept you have here. Good luck. And thank you for inviting me. you think about today's episode let me know on linkedin and instagram at tech hustler this podcast is a passion project of mine so if it speaks to you it would mean a lot to me if you would give it a nice review and share it with your friends see you next week and until then hustle smarter not harder